Have you ever had a random conversation with a friend and it involved all of your favorite things? You know, like books, music, faith, food, random funny things? Well, that's what this podcast is. It's a random conversation about all of your favorite things. And I'm your host, Liv Smith. What's up, everybody? Today, we're going to be talking about a hospital visit, SpongeBob, and the worst French toast I ever had, along with last episode's poll results from Food Fight and a couple new segments coming at you today. Stay tuned. Welcome to Livish. Hey everybody, welcome to Livish. I am your host, Liv Smith, and today we're going to be talking about all things Livish, as you might have guessed. Um, so first we want to talk today about a hospital visit, um, and then later on in the episode we're going to be talking about Spongebob and the worst French toast I ever had. And you're probably thinking, what in the world do all three of these topics have to do with each other? Well, I am so glad you asked. Let me explain. So, um, January 3rd of this year, I woke up out of, just sat straight up out of my bed and I was in some of the worst pain I had ever been in my life. I had severe chest pain and I had shooting pains running down both of my arms. And of course, the first thing that went through my head was, oh my gosh, I'm having a heart attack. But you know how you try to rationalize those things because no way could that happen to me. I'm young, I'm 27, I'm healthy. It just can't be me. So I, I try to calm myself down. Maybe it's just another bout of anxiety. But the more I try to talk myself out of it, the more I realize something was wrong and I needed to get help. So long story short, I ended up in the ER. And if you've ever been in the ER, you know that it's the worst because it feels like you're basically sharing a room with you know, 15 other people, and they stick you back there and just kind of leave you forever. So that's always a good time. We didn't know what was going on. My blood pressure was really high. Um, Like I said, I had severe chest pain like I'd never had before. So of course, the doctor started running all these tests, trying to uh, rule things out. Um couldn't figure anything out. They were testing and testing. So we waited and we waited for a while. Um, Come to find out, they did some testing on my heart. And for all my nurse friends who are out there, um, they started to check, I think it's my troponin levels. I don't know anything about the nursing life. You know, I'm just trying to keep calm, and make jokes, because that's what I do. And um, my, come to find out, my troponin levels were, like, off the charts twice as um, 
twice the amount they should be. I'm sorry, I'm very distracted right now because I can hear my dog walking around my room, getting a drink, interrupting our podcast, so you guys are all welcome for that. Anyway, my troponin levels were like double the amount that they're supposed to be, um, which I guess indicates that um, there's some sort of activity uh, that's occurred in your heart. It's, it's not good, basically, is what I learned quickly when I'm texting my sister and the next thing I know she's in the ER. My cousin, who is also an RN, shows up in the ER and my best friend, who's also an RN, uh, is like, wait, your, your levels are what? What's going on? Um, yeah, I'm surrounded by RNs. That, that's a good thing for me. So, you know, I'm surrounded by my family. I'm just laughing and trying to make jokes and watching SpongeBob until we can figure out what's going on. My sister and my cousin are intently staring at all my vitals and like analyzing things. And I'm like, when do I get to eat? I haven't got to eat yet and I'm kind of thirsty. But of course, if you've ever been in the hospital, you know they don't give you anything um, because apparently it messes up all this other stuff, whatever. So I'm trying to remain positive, laugh it off and watch SpongeBob. And in the meantime, trying not to freak out that something has gone terribly wrong. The next thing I know, the doctors are saying, hey, we think that something could potentially be wrong with your heart. You could have had a heart attack. Um, We think it could be something called pericarditis, which is basically a viral infection gets into your body and it attacks the sac around your heart. Um, So, like, we need to get you to the heart hospital in Indy and we need to do a heart catheter. So, you know, I'm looking at my dad and my dad's looking back at me and um, we're both clearly feeling afraid. And so we're like, okay, well, there's not a lot we can do about it, so let's just do what they're suggesting and, and get checked. So I ended up taking an ambulance ride. I'd never been in the ambulance before. Um, I really wouldn't recommend it. It's bumpy. It's cold. At least the texts were funny, but it's not a... I wouldn't say it's uh, necessarily a fun experience. Ended up getting to this heart hospital and having to get a bunch of tests run and all this stuff. And um, they ended up having to do a heart catheter on me, which I'm sure some of you have had that done before. It's a pretty scary experience. And... um, I had been afraid in the past before. I've I've struggled really bad with anxiety, um, which I'll talk about more in another episode. But here I am surrounded by my family, not knowing what the outcome is going to be, not knowing if maybe I've had a heart attack and I have some sort of heart condition that we're just now learning about. And um, they're going to take me down to this heart cath, um which I'd never had any procedure done in my life. I've always been really healthy. So, you know, I'm feeling very afraid and I'm, I'm surrounded by all of my family in the hospital room. 
and it's just a few moments before I'm supposed to go down and get this test. And we all begin to gather together, and they grab my hands. The tech that was going to take me down to the procedure joined with us, uh, along with some dear friends and my nurse. And we all just begin to pray and call on the name of Jesus to intervene in my situation and help us to figure out what was going on. And I remember looking at my family as tears begin to roll down my face and thinking, what if this is the last time that I ever see them? I don't know what's going to happen. Am I going to live? Um, and that that was a pretty scary and awakening moment for me. Um, and so... I ended up going down and um, getting this this heart catheter. I don't know if anyone's ever had one who's listening to this before, but it's very it's a very scary experience one to be getting in any sort of procedure if you've never had one before. But the room is freezing cold, um, and you know you're in these terrible hospital robes, and um, you know, it, everybody's surrounding you and, and getting you prepped and ready. And it, it's a little overwhelming. And one of the last things I remember before they kind of sedated me was <laughs> I made a comment to one of the, one of the techs or doctors. I don't know who it was. I was like, Hey, I like your music. They were playing, uh, something from the eighties, but I enjoyed it. And, um, I'm just over and over trying to calmly to myself uh, sing Travis Green to kind of calm myself down. Um, you won't let me go. I'm 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 doing this over and over in my head, and I'm starting to kind of fall asleep here. The medicine is definitely kicking in. They're like, "Oh, it's only twilight. You're not going to be all the way under." I'm like. I don't know what kind of twilight that was, maybe the twilight zone, but I am for sure being knocked out in about three seconds here, because that's some powerful stuff. <laughs> um, but, but I remember just trying to just really practice, and even though I felt afraid, I also, throughout the process, felt peace, if that's even makes sense or feels possible. Like, I, I was afraid about the outcome, but... I also felt throughout the process peace that the Lord was with me and um, I'm getting ready to go. I'm, I'm starting to have a hard time fighting the medication to stay awake, but I, I can feel it. I can feel as they start to put the sheath uh, up my, because they run, if you don't know about this procedure, they kind of uh, make an incision into to your wrist and they run up your main artery there and um I could feel it going in it didn't hurt or anything but I definitely could could feel that and that was kind of scary and um obviously um spoiler alert here I'm okay I made it out <laughs> but uh I will tell you more about that testimony in just a minute 
But I think more importantly than you guys listening me to me ramble about my hospital visit, some of you have probably already turned this off because you're like, wow, this is way more boring than it was the last time. We didn't um, sign on for you to depress us. You know, that's a fair point. But the good news is there is a positive coming out of this. I want to really share what God has done for me in my life this year. But I think you guys are all pretty anxious to hear what happened with our poll on our food fight from last time. So I'm getting ready to share those poll results with you and get a new food fight going. So stay tuned. Okay, I think what everybody wants to really know on today's um, segment of Food Fight is do people like yeast donuts or cake donuts better? So I went to Instagram, I went to Facebook, I wanted to hear what your thoughts were on this. Instagram, 69% said yeast donuts were better. 31% said cake donuts were better. Then on Facebook, 70% said that yeast was better. 30% said cake was better. There you have it, people. Yeast donuts are clearly the best donuts because... Obviously, Instagram and Facebook cannot lie. Maybe that was George Washington. I don't know. Okay, so what I want to know today, since we're going to be talking about French toast later in the episode, is do you think that pancakes or French toast is better? Pancakes or French toast? For me, um, if the game was, would I rather have my mom's homemade French toast over everything else? The correct answer would be absolutely French toast. But since most of the time when I'm eating pancakes or French toast, I'm at a restaurant, I'm gonna have to give this one to pancakes. And my theory behind that is it's easier to mess up French toast than it is to mess up pancakes. Hear me out on this one. Have you ever ate, like, went to cut into your French toast and clearly the egg was still, like, really runny and disgusting? Yeah, that's happened to me before. So, I feel like it's just less likely that somebody's going to mess up some pancakes. Also, I need to know, um, along with, do you like pancakes or French toast better? 
Do you put peanut butter on your French toast or pancakes? I personally love peanut butter, and so I for sure put them on both. Um, My dog Jack, he loves peanut butter, and since clearly he's clacking around all over the floor and interrupting us, um, I'll ask him what he thinks. Hey, Jack, do you think that you should put peanut butter on your French toast or your pancakes? He says definitely yes, you should add it. So let me know. I'll um, put a poll up on Facebook. I'll put a poll up on Instagram. I want to hear your thoughts. Um, Remember, the correct answer that we're looking for is pancakes, but you're also welcome to put the wrong answer and we all laugh at you. Um, So pancakes or French toast, let me know on Instagram or Facebook, or you can email us at podcastlivish at gmail.com. Don't add an at in front of podcast. Podcast. Livish, L-I-V-I-S-H, at gmail.com. All right, now we're going to shift gears here because we need to talk about what happened. I told you I went into this heart cath. I didn't tell you what happened during the heart cath or after. Um, Like I said before, spoiler alert, you're listening to me now, so I am okay, but... I want to talk to you about kind of what happened. So, um, you know, they told my family they'd obviously have to wait until the procedure was done. Um, it could take anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour for this procedure to be done. And what I think was so scary to all of us, I mean, obviously the whole thing was scary just because of all the unknown, but the biggest thing was... They had told us that there was potentially a blockage in my heart. And if they did find the blockage, that in fact, they were just going to correct it and remove the blockage right then. Um, so that was that was pretty scary because we didn't know kind of what the risk was. It was a higher risk of not knowing what was going on. So I, I made the decision um, to go on ahead and find out what was going on. But knowing that potentially there was a blockage and they were going to fix it right there. That was pretty terrifying. Um, And so, I guess, like I said, I was under that crazy twilight zone. I don't know what's going on. Um, It's about 15 minutes into the procedure and my dad said he's never been more scared in his entire life because a team of about four uh, doctors came out to the waiting room where my family was waiting and um, had kind of a solemn expression on their face. And he said that his first thought was, oh my gosh, we've lost her. Um, which, I mean, I'm not a parent, but I can only imagine how my how my parents and, and my sister and brother-in-law were all feeling to hear that news, or I guess not hear that news, but think that potentially that could be it. Um but the, the doctor reaches out his hand and smiles and says, 
wow, we finished quick. Um, she's doing great. Her heart is healthy. There's no blockages at all. Um, so we think it's the pericarditis, which is treatable, and she can fully recover from that. So we were obviously incredibly, incredibly thankful for that. But the thing that um, that that my dad kept saying was, I don't know what you went into that procedure room with. Maybe you did have a blockage in your heart. Maybe it was, you know, my sister said, maybe it was a heart attack. We don't know, but we know what you came out with. And that was a good report. So we thank God for that. His hand of protection on my life and the true miracle that he intervened. Because on paper, logically, it doesn't make sense. That I didn't have a blockage. Like I said, my levels were twice the amount of what they were supposed to be. Indicating that something, in fact, was very wrong. And so, I just wanted to encourage somebody with that story. That God is still in the business of healing. He's still doing miracles. He's still providing and making a way. And he's still remaining faithful. Jack is amening right now. Well, bless him, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Um, He's still in the miracle business. He's still doing miracles. And some of you who are listening to this right now, you're thinking about how you didn't get that miracle in your life. The thing that you wanted to happen didn't happen. And you're like, but how is that possible? How come... The Lord intervenes on certain situations and not others. We're going to talk a little bit more about that in a little bit. But I am very thankful. I'm happy to report I have fully recovered. Um, I think it was back in June or July. The doctor um, gave me a clean bill of health. His uh, words were, your heart has completely healed. And we know the healer that that heals that heart. Um, I sometimes still have flare-ups now and again, um, where I'll have some, some symptoms, some chest pain and things like that, but it's controlled with medication as I, as I need to take it and follow up with my doctor if necessary, but it's also, uh, just controlled with a lot of thanksgiving and appreciation that I'm still, here, um, still blessed with another day. All right, um, we're going to talk, like I said, more about some of this in a little bit, but I want to shift gears here to a new segment. We're going to be talking today some about music. We're going to be talking about books. Um, We still got Spongebob and French Toast coming at us here in a little bit. Uh, See you in just a minute. Okay. We are going to have a music moment here where I want to talk about some music. For those of you who know me, I am absolutely obsessed with music. 
For those of you who don't know me, I'm absolutely obsessed with music. There you go. We've been introduced. I love to listen to music. I love to play music. Um, I love to talk about music. I love everything about it. And so, uh, on our music moments, we're going to be talking about different things, um, different genres and artists that I like, um, different instruments that I play, or maybe how I got started with some of those things. I do get some questions about um, lessons and how I kind of got started on on playing music. Um, And then... I also will be interviewing some different uh, artists, hopefully introducing you to some new people, which is pretty cool and exciting. So, without further ado, let's... Why do people say that? Without further ado. (laughs) Um, Sorry, my... uh, garage bin cut me off here there for a second i feel like there's been a lot of technical things um battling against me today mainly my laptop and my dog so thanks for sticking with me but on today's music moment i want to talk about an album that actually a lot of people um were really arguing about for a while which i thought was funny um It is the album called Jesus is Born by the Sunday Service Choir. Uh, If you have no idea what that is, um, this is the second album that kind of came from last year. It came out in 2019, kind of a project that uh, Kanye West was a part of um, and a lot of people um, even, to be honest, myself included, I was pretty skeptical, um, you know, that's how we are sometimes, is people critical and skeptical, I was kind of skeptical of his work, and okay, everybody's jumping on this bandwagon, um, he released an album a few months before that called Jesus is King, um, it's kind of a rap album, um, that, that kind of tells his story of how he, became a Christian, um, but it features the Sunday service choir, so then a few months later, I think actually it, the Jesus is Born album, uh, which is the Sunday service choir, it's exclusively them, um, came out on Christmas Day, I believe, of 2019, um, so I've been listening to this album, um, it's got, 19 songs on it. It's a pretty it's a pretty big album. Some of the most popular songs on the album are Count Your Blessings, Excellent, Revelations 19:1, Rain, which that song has got some uh radio play, um Father Stretch and More Than Anything. Those are the most popular songs according to um Apple Music. And when I say according to Apple Music, I mean those have the stars by them, so that's how I know they're popular. Um, But I personally think this album is fantastic. If I was rating it on a scale of 1 to 10, uh, with 10 being the best. Don't you love how people always have to clarify that, that 10 is the best? Why would anyone ever start at 1? 
I gave it one star, and that's the best. Clearly, 10 is always the best, so we shouldn't have to clarify that, but you do. Um, I would give it 10 stars. Or maybe 10 is too far. Maybe it's 5 stars. 5 stars and 2, two thumbs up. Um, regardless, I think it's a really good album. Um, I think it's a great album because, one, um, gospel music is probably my favorite genre of music. Um, I mean, I'm apostolic Pentecostal. I grew up that way as well. I love choir music. I connect with it. I connect with how it's a part of my roots and my heritage. Plus, I just love it. I find it very inspirational. I find it moving. Um, but this album, man, this choir though, whoa, they are absolutely amazing. They um, they are so good. And so I would definitely recommend checking it out. Um, reach out to me. Let me know. Do you like this album, Jesus is Born by the Sunday Service Choir? And if you do like the album, what is your favorite song on the album? Um, I'm not sure what my favorite my favorite song is. Um, I'll have to think about it. I do like Souls Anchored a lot. Um, I like Follow Me, Faith. I think that one's good. Balm and Gilead is good. Revelations 19.1 is really good. For, like, they, the hallelujah part, for those of you who know it, you have to listen to it. Um, my sister, Sarah, and then one of our best friends, Mara, they were the ones who really kind of got me listening to it, and I think it's just a fantastic album. Um, I definitely have church to it in my in my car. You know what? Car church hits differently, though. Am I right? Um, you maybe some of you maybe some of you aren't crazy like me, and you don't have church in your car. But I have church in my car. I don't have church. I have church in my car. Right. Um, I'll be blaring my gospel music and I'm just like over here. Sometimes, um, I got like a little hand raised. Don't at me about safety. Um, I, what else? I, I, I look over sometimes at the other people and I'm like, they probably think I'm nuts because I'm over here worshiping and like, oh, Jesus, you're so good. You're so faithful. You know, I'm getting into it. I'm Sometimes I'm preaching in my head and I'm just getting after it. Um, so, yeah, it's car church hits differently. You feel it. For those of you who have car church, you know what I'm talking about. You just you get your blessing in the car. All right. There's nothing wrong with getting your blessing in the car. I still try to be safe while I'm getting that blessing. I'm just saying, I'm getting my car blessing. Let me know if somebody else gets their car blessings too. I want to hear from you. Um, all right. I've been promising to tell you about SpongeBob. I'm not going to give you a spiffy transition music. What do you people want from me? I'm a one-woman show. I have to produce this thing, entertain you, and make transitions. Here's my transition. We're going to talk about SpongeBob. 
You guys liked that, didn't you? All right. So I told you it was amazing. I'm recovering in the hospital. I'm so thankful for it. You know, like you're bored in the hospital, right? One, I'm incredibly sick and I, I feel horrible, but I'm also bored and I'm like, I need something to do. So I am flipping through the channels, um, trying to trying to find something to watch. And of course, like hospital TV is the worst TV. It's like, all right, well, we can watch Jerry Springer, SpongeBob. What's your options here? So, of course, I went with Spongebob, not because it was one of the only few options, but because me and my sister loved watching Spongebob growing up. <gasps> I know that makes us terrible people. But you know what? Spongebob was hilarious. I'm not even going to get started on some of my favorite episodes. Okay, I'm going to get started. Uh, Hall Monitor. Uh, the Krusty Krab Pizza, probably my all-time favorite um episode ever the hash slinging slasher that one was hilarious um what about the the dome where they like spongebob leads the um like the orchestra or band or whatever and they like come up in this dome bubble at the super bowl that was hilarious um i'm trying to think of the other hilarious ones that are like my all-time those those are probably my favorite crunchy crab pizza probably being my favorite of all so here i am a 27 year old supposed to be grown adult woman laying in this hospital bed and cracking up watching spongebob i'm watching it in the er but then i'm also watching it again in my hospital room and you have to understand um there they put they put this restriction on me. They're afraid I was going to be a fall risk or something. Blah blah blah. I don't know. I wasn't listening that well. But basically, I did hear that they're like, "Don't get up without us. It's going to be really bad if you do." And of course, there was one time I didn't really listen to that, and um, you know, all these monitors and things just started beeping. So they were clearly spying on me. Um, and so, you know, they came like, what are you doing up? Well, you know, sometimes you got to get up because you got to go to the bathroom, right? Like, this is a weird podcast. Why are you talking about this? Well, give me a chance to explain. So I'm laying in this hospital bed. I have already know that they've been spying on me. And if I get up, the monitor's going to go off. But I'm like, I need to go to the bathroom. So I guess I'll press this monitor button well what had happened was it there was a shift between night shift and day shift so I hadn't seen who my new techs and RNs and stuff like that were well it turns out that the tech who took over for day shift um, was this very attractive guy who's also young, okay? And I am mortified, not because he has to come help me get up, but because 
I'm supposed to be this grown adult woman and I'm in my hospital bed cracking up to Spongebob and he comes in and he sees me watching Spongebob. So, of course, that was super embarrassing. Now I think it's hilarious, clearly, because I'm sharing it with all of you and some of you are probably like, yeah, you should have just kept that to yourself. I personally thought it was pretty, it's pretty funny now. I'm like, all right, well... Thank you, sir, for all the help while I was here. I'm gonna go home now and hopefully never see you again because you saw me watching Spongebob um, in the hospital. So there was a lot of Spongebob watching in the hospital. A little embarrassing, but also a testament to how goofy and silly I love to be. So there you have it. That one time I was in the hospital, the handsome tech judged me. Oh, he judged me. I could see it. Like, when he came in, it was almost like he looked at the TV and he looked at me. And I'm like, okay. Thank you, sir, for the humiliation. Um, If you guys could get my discharge papers so I could get out of here, that would be fantastic. But that's my spiel about Spongebob. Spongebob got me through some of the hard times while I was at the hospital. Because, I'm not going to lie, I watched it in the ER too. There was a lot of Spongebob watching that went on that, that weekend. I would like to say I did redeem myself that weekend though. Because that is when The Mandalorian came out. And I clearly binged watch the whole thing. I mean... I couldn't go anywhere. I just laid on the couch. So, uh, yeah, Baby Yoda. At least, you know what? At least 2020 gave us something good, right? It gave us Baby Yoda. If we can't be happy about anything else that 2020 gave us, it did give us Baby Yoda. So we are glad about that. All right. We have a couple more things to talk about, and you're probably... Like, man, this podcast is starting to drag on. Let's wrap it up. Um, but we still got to talk about French toast. We got to do a book review. And I got to tell you some more cool things about Jesus. So stay tuned. Okay, I absolutely love to read. Um, I really, my parents both love to read, but my mom especially kind of instilled that into my sister and I growing up. I mean, she always took us to the library and enrolled us in summer reading clubs and read with us and she did all kinds of cool things tree trunk bible studies and uh we had bunk beds so she would do bunk bed bible studies she was always investing in us to to read and to love to read uh not only both like to help us grow spiritually but just to help feed our minds and to grow in that way so i'll always appreciate that about her and 
her showing me that there are other worlds that we can get to through reading. And I think that's one of the things that I love the most about reading, that it can take you to other places. So shout out to my mom for that. Um, But today I wanted to start a new segment called um, Book Club. And so with Book Club... I am going to um, kind of just talk about a book that I have personally read and found a lot of value in, and um, hopefully you'll then check it out. This book that I want to talk about today is one of my favorite books of all time, and that is The Outsider's by S.E. Hinton, um, which a lot of people have probably read this book. It's, it's kind of a classic. It's one of those things that, um, has been on, you know, summer reading lists for kids and, um, you know, on must-reads and things like that. I read it when I was a teenager, um, when I was a teenager, wow, I feel so old. Um, <laughs> when I was your age, kids, I actually held a book. Um, but I, I read this when I was a teenager and it kind of helped unlock the world of reading for me. I mean, I had read when I was a kid, but I'd also went through this period where I was like, okay, reading's kind of boring. I'm not interested in it. Um, So this was coming into a time where I was trying to really find things that would interest me. And my dad actually introduced me to this book. And um, I absolutely love it. You know, it's a story. It's it's a coming of age story. Um, It's set in the 50s, I believe. Um, And it's about this group of friends. And, you know, they they don't grow up rich. They kind of grow up poor and they kind of see themselves as the kids from the other side of the track so to speak is kind of how they refer to themselves they have their side and then they see you know the other group of people the rich side and and how basically these two sides can't get along um and so it kind of tells their story and and their friendship and just some there's definitely some heartbreak and and it's just a really good coming of age like story with s- some moments that really get to you um my sister like heave cried when she read <laughs> this book she came down with her box of tissues and she was like <gasps> cuz she couldn't believe one of the things that happened in case you haven't read the book i won't spoil that for you Uh, but one of my favorite quotes from the book is, stay gold, pony boy, stay gold. Um, and if you know the book, you're probably shedding a tear right about now, just as I am. Um, I also think that the beginning of The Outsiders is absolutely brilliant. Um, I think it's a really fantastic intro um I was trying to see if I could find it here to kind of read you the the intro of it I don't know if it's going to pop up for me um 
I don't see it here. But the intro of the book, it's like one of those intros that you won't, that it really pulls you in and gets you. And and I know mainly, I can quote most of it, but it's so brilliant that I, I don't want to mess it up for you guys. So I would just highly recommend you check out this book. It's one of the books that definitely opened up reading for me in a different way. Um, I think S.E. Hinton, who, uh, fact for you, is actually a woman which I did not know at the time. Um, and I, th- I believe she was only 16 when she wrote the book. It's just kind of a brilliant author, and it definitely opened up reading for me in a new way, and it was one of those books that was both beautiful and heartbreaking at the same time, and you get so emotionally invested in the characters. Maybe that's just me, but I get way too emotionally invested in fictional characters. I cannot help myself. But if you haven't read it, it's a fantastic read. I would definitely recommend checking it out. You need to read it. It's one of my top 10 favorites of all time. And I will continue on our episodes to do book club and um, tell you my top 10 books of all time and how they were meaningful to me. So that one was meaningful because it really unlocked reading in a whole new way for me. Reach out to me if you've read it. Tell me what your thoughts are. Or if you haven't read it, check it out and then let me know what you think. You can reach me on Instagram, uh, podcastlivish, or you can email me podcastlivish at gmail.com. So I think what everybody's been wanting to know, we know I'm crazy, I was watching Spongebob, but let's talk about what happened with French toast. Oh my goodness. So, as we kind of talked about in the left, last episode clearly I have an unhealthy obsession with food and at this point it's like six o'clock seven o'clock at night by the time I get done with everything and we went to the hospital uh, or the ER at like 5 30 in the morning so I have not had anything to eat or anything to drink at this point for the entire day and I'm I'm hangry now I'm like what's up where's my food and so the nurse um she says okay you can eat now do you want me to get you the menu so I'm looking through this menu and I'm not really thinking it through that this is a heart hospital and it's not probably what the food isn't what I think it is so I'm like breakfast food you can't go wrong with breakfast food right it's like a safe comfort food so I order the french toast um Also, my nurse was awesome, by the way. She kept sneaking me all these little peanut butter packets um, to hold me over until my food came. And, I mean, I love peanut butter, so I'm just, you know, a spoonful of that. It's definitely helping. I'm happy with that. So, I'm still kind of out of it from the medication that they've got me on. You know, the sedation and all that stuff. Um... And apparently I was talking loud and I was kind of like an angry elf. I sincerely apologize to my family. I did not know that at the time. So this French toast arrives, right? And when I say the worst French toast I ever had, could could I even really call it French toast? Since it's, Since it arrives and it's basically just a piece of white bread. I'm like, are you kidding me? 
where's the where's the French part? You've got the toast part, but we're missing the key ingredient. There's no... How am I supposed to put syrup and peanut butter on this and be happy? Well, I was very loudly declaring, apparently, in my hospital room how unhappy I was with this French toast. And now I'm having a hanger tantrum and shutting down emotionally. Which, luckily, my sister's amazing. She brought me some snacks. Um, and she's like, just stay calm, eat your snack. And my dad's like, you want me to get you Jimmy John's? I was like, yeah. So, of course, my amazing dad goes out and gets me a number four, turkey tom, no tomato, add cheese. And, um, that's clearly the best on the menu. Don't at me. It's true. And so here I am, just sitting in my hospital, heart hospital bed, um, eating Jimmy John's. I feel like they probably, the doctors would probably have frowned on that, but I wanted to take it up with management that their French toast was a disgrace to all French toast. So that's really their problem and not mine. So that was the worst French toast I ever had because I don't even think you can qualify it as French toast. It was a ripoff. So I told you today, I told you I had this crazy experience. I had this hospital visit. There were some weird SpongeBob things going down. I had the worst fringe toast ever. But really, what have I learned uh, this year? And I, I think we can agree. I talked about it in my last episode, how hard this year has been and been for so many people. And, and I know that there are so many people that are hurting right now. And I hate to see people that I care about and love and even people I don't know. I just, I kind of have a a tender heart, I guess, towards people. I hate to see people hurting and in pain. And I think a lot of people are in the same boat that I am. That you just look back at different situations and you just wonder why or what good am I supposed to get out of this. And I remember the first few weeks out of being out of the hospital, I just was very angry. And I was even angry at God. Some of you are like, whoa. But I just want to be honest on this podcast and talk to you from a real place. I felt angry because I had just come off of a two, two and a half year stint of anxiety. And like I said, I'll talk about that more later in a different episode, like, which was one of the hardest things I had ever been through in my life. And now this, I'm sick. They're telling me, you know, it's at least six months recovery. You're probably not going to be able to do a lot of different things that you love to do. Um, you're not, you shouldn't do hardly anything. We just need you to stay in one spot and rest. This is going to affect the work that you do. Um, this is going to affect, you know, you're not going to be able to play the drums. You're not going to be able to do a lot of things that you really love to do. And so I was just feeling really angry and like, why, Lord, did you let this happen to me? And I think what I'm starting to learn, it's something that I wrestle with. I, if I'm honest, I have trust issues. Welcome to America. We all do. <laughs> right? I'm not the only one. I, I have trust issues. I just want to make, I like to have things in, in my safe little box and put that box on my shelf and I, I control it and I make sure it's all good and it's all fine. That way I know it's going to be safe and it's going to be all right. But some things I think I've learned is about God is just because he didn't 
do what you you wanted him to do doesn't mean he can't. And for some of you, that might make you feel angry, but some of you, that might bring comfort. It confirms to you that he's still who he says he is. So just because he didn't doesn't mean he can't. So just because he didn't save my marriage doesn't mean he can't. Just because he didn't intervene on my sickness doesn't mean he can't. And like I said, for some of you that brings comfort, but some of you, like me, who always question why, you question, well, if he can do it, then why didn't he do it? All I know is what he says in his word, that his ways are higher than my ways, and his thoughts are higher than my thoughts. And I know that he is good. So if I know that... I can then know this, that it's not my job to understand. It's just my job to trust. I'm going to say that again. It's not my job to understand. It's just my job to trust. And some of you who are listening to this right now are so broken and you're hurting and you're grieving and you don't know how you are going to get out of the pit that you find yourself in, that I want to encourage you today, friend, that you don't have to understand the pit. You just have to understand that it's your job to trust him in the pit because he is right there with you. Just because he didn't provide like I wanted didn't mean he didn't provide. Sometimes we look back and we think that the Lord didn't provide for us because he didn't intervene in the way that we thought he would. He didn't save the job. He didn't uh, save my loved one. He didn't do X, Y, or Z or whatever we think that it is that he was supposed to do. And for me, it was like, okay, you brought me out, Lord, but why did you even allow this to happen? Why is there such a long recovery process? Haven't I suffered enough? I, I do so many good things for you and I've, I've been so faithful to you and I serve you and I, I do all the right things. I try. This is just real talk of what's on my heart. And I found this quote. I want to wrap up with this. And that is, and I'm not even sure who this is by. I I found it somewhere, I think, on Instagram. And that's, God isn't asking you to figure it out. He's asking you to trust that he already has. We don't have to figure it out, friends. We just have to trust that the Lord has already figured it out. He loves us unconditionally and he will never leave us and he will never forsake us. So with that, I invite you to pray with me right now. Maybe you're in your car and the Lord is dealing with your heart. Maybe you're working out and you're listening to this or you're in between classes at college. I don't know. I don't know your story. But I want to pray for us right now. Jesus, 
We don't always understand your ways. We don't understand your timing. We don't understand why bad things happen to good people. We do know that it rains on the just and the unjust, and sometimes it's a part of life. But just because it's a part of life doesn't make it any easier. And we know that it's hard to trust you because as people, our hearts are afraid. We're afraid to let go because if we let go, what if something bad happens? But if we don't let go, we know we can't be who you've called us to be. We know we can't get as close to you as our hearts desire to. So God, in the chaos and in the pain, in the middle of us not understanding, help us to surrender our hearts to you. A word that sometimes is so scary, but we don't have to give anything up that we're not willing to because you will never force us to do something that we don't want to do. So God, help us to give you our fears and to give you our failures and our pain and our lack of understanding and to learn to put our trust in you that your ways are higher than our ways and your thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And even though the outcome looks horrible and we don't know how we're going to make it through, that you are right there with us and you love us and there is a purpose for each and every one of our lives. We thank you for your unconditional love and your grace, all the things that you give us that we so don't deserve. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Livish. We thank you for joining us. You don't want to miss next time as I talk about growing up millennial. Oh, those millennials, some of you boomers are saying. Also, next episode, I have a very special guest who will be joining me. I don't want to spoil anything for you, but she's cute. She's funny. Some people say we look alike. Join us next time on Livish. <laughs>